0: Praise the Lord, everybody. If we want to kind of come around, we can stay seated for a minute. I'm just going to open us up. I'm so excited to see everybody's faces this morning. It's a beautiful day. It's a cold day. But I wanted to share something with you all that came to my mind this week as I was praying and as I was just in my word, I felt the Lord ask me a question. I was specifically reading Proverbs 2520 that says, Sing songs to a troubled heart is as if you walked outside without a garment on or poured vinegar on soda. Now, I don't know about you, but I had to understand this a little bit more. And so as I began to ask God for revelation and understanding, I heard him speak, and I felt like he was telling me to sing songs of praise. What does that mean? Well, we know that worship is to glorify God. We know that songs were created to worship him, right? So as we sing songs that are glorifying God, praising his name to our troubled heart, what's going to happen? We know that something's going to take place. And so I just begin to ask God, if I sing songs of praise to my troubled heart, in spite of my circumstances, in spite of what I'm feeling, what would happen? It would be like I'm going outside. I feel something immediately change in my demeanor, right? I'd probably have goosebumps if I walked out right now. But then if I poured vinegar on soda, well, I think I did a science fair project once and something happened, right? As you bring these two elements together, something changes. So I just begin to pray, and I was asking, Lord, okay, in spite of my circumstances, if I lift up my voice and if I begin to pray, what would happen? And the Lord asked me this question, is your heart troubled? And I was like, oh, man, that is good. Lord, that would really minister to someone. And he asked me again. He was like, no, no, no. Is your heart troubled? And I was like, oh, okay, you made it personal? Um, Yeah, it is. And so I just begin to speak, and I said, Lord, I didn't feel like I had trouble, but apparently you know better than I do, right? And so I just begin to lift up my voice, and I said, Lord, I praised your name. In spite of my circumstances, I lift up your, your praise. Yeah. And if I can testify just for a second, I felt peace come over my mind and over my body, and I stood to my feet, because I was sitting down on the couch, I'm not going to So it's very early. I stood to my feet and I said, "Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning. I have to go into the office today, but I'm going to praise you anyways, right?" So I just begin to give Him thanks. I said, "Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for waking me up." And I just begin to speak this word of faith, right? Peace. So I don't know if you came in today. Maybe you're searching for peace. Maybe you're searching for a complete healing. Whatever the case is, is your heart troubled? I encourage us to stand to our feet as we go into this next phase of service, and I wonder if we can just begin to lift up our hands, if we can begin to speak out loud that word of faith. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise, Lord. We glorify your name because you are holy and you are wonderful. Thank you for this day, Jesus. Thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hi, I'm Cindy Linton, and I want to welcome
1: you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people in Normal, Illinois, joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today.
0: Hey, everyone. We want to take a second and make you aware of our free Christmas devotional that's currently available over on our website, Our goal as you look to prepare your heart for the true reason for this season is to help shine the light of Jesus. So just check out our episode notes for a link or type in our URL in your search box, tpcnormal.church. Once you get on the website, you'll find a button taking you to our free download. We hope you enjoy it and have a very Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, everybody. Have you heard it yet? It's coming. If you haven't heard it yet, it's coming. We don't do happy holidays around here. It's Merry Christmas. <laughs> right, Doug? It's Merry Christmas. So I'm going to take you to Isaiah 9 and 6 in the King James. Uh, you don't have to stand. I've got a little different. I, I, I respect and honor uh, your honor to the word uh, this morning. I truly do. i got a different... Sermon set up today, so everybody's excited. I got a different format and a different style, you know, so. But I'm going to Isaiah 9 and 6 and the King James to start. And the Bible says this, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Everybody say given. given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Everybody say Wonderful. Wonderful. Counselor. Everybody say Counselor. The mighty God. Everybody say the mighty God. The everlasting Father. Everybody say the everlasting Father. And not to be last, but to conclude the sentence, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Amen. That's that's who is going to be born unto us. Matthew 1 and 23, also in the King James says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And I started last week on a series called Emmanuel, God with us. And last week it was about preparing our hearts, about the forerunner, John the Baptist, God's plan for humanity unfolding when he wrapped himself in flesh and was born of a virgin in a manger. It's the Christmas. It's, it's why this time of year is so special. It's not because of the white snow on the ground. It's definitely not because of the cold. Because if there was anybody in here honest with ourselves, we would all live somewhere where it was 70 all the time, right? <laughs> but we chose this. <laughs> it's definitely not because of the cold, though I do love some good snow. But it was about the virgin and the baby in the manger. It was a reminder last week that it was about God's timing. God prepared everything spectacularly. The 400 years of silence wasn't silence with God. He wasn't taking a nap. He was preparing. And we read our scripture when the fullness of time had come, when God's orchestrated plan was put into place. You are not here by accident today. You might have think you just stumbled in, but God has a plan for your life. We have a saying around here, if you're here once, be careful because we're kind of like a contagious flu. We will get on you and we will stick with you and you will come back time and time and time again. And it's not anything about us. Us, it's about him because when you really start to understand the fullness of God's love it is so vast and it is so in, <clears throat> excuse me it is so unending and so when the fullness of time had come and in order to receive him John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way to make sure the heart was ready it's it's this thing in here to make sure that the reason for the season was received amen to make sure we don't skip past it Because if we're not careful, we'll rush through Christmas and get to the new year and we'll just see it as something that we had to get through. Anybody ever had to get through something? Sometimes it's the holidays because we have to go back and see family that we're not really sure we want to see. No, it happens. (laughs) Sometimes we have to get through the extra hours that we have to put in because we need the income. Sometimes we have to get through The gift giving because we don't have a lot to give or we're not good gift receivers. I'm not I'm a horrible gift receiver, but you all know that about me. Sometimes we have to get through. And if we're not careful, Christmas can be turned into just that thing. Another thing that I have to get through. Oh, it's Thanksgiving into Christmas. If we can just get to January and get through it. But Christmas is all about Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas is all about the Messiah, the Savior of the whole world. Christmas is all about Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen and an appreciation from anybody this morning? But in all, if our hearts are not prepared, we will miss him. And Christmas will just be a season created by Hallmark. Hallmark. Their cards went from $1.99 to fourteen seventy five. <laughs> Hallmark. Nobody's got time for that. We need to remember Jesus during this season. I read, I read this statement this week. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. I'm thankful for that savior.
2: I'm
1: thankful. I mean, I, I say it and I'm, I'm remindful of it a lot, but it's this time of year. It's not it's not wait until Easter to thank the savior. It's this time because it's God wrapping himself in flesh and that little baby in that manger that now is the time to remember to be thankful for that savior. Aren't you thankful for that savior today? It's truly what Christmas is all about. This morning I want to continue our Christmas series and I want to preach from the book of John a familiar scripture that you could probably quote with me this morning and it's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. God gave himself. God gave himself. It's always... It's always a hot time of year at the Christmas season when you start to preach about giving. And if you're here today and this is your first time, I don't preach about giving a lot. I, uh, I don't enjoy always preaching about giving. I enjoy this, this sermon that God has put on my heart today because it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of the heart. It's not about what you put in the offering pan at the end of the sermon today. It's about the condition of the heart. Because if the di- the condition of the heart is pure, the Shudamite woman had gave two mites. Because that's all she had. It's the condition of the internal. And if we're not careful, Christmas can be something that it wasn't intended to be. But I'm going to show you today through the word that Christmas was all about giving. Christmas, everything about it was was about giving so i want to preach emmanuel god with us christmas giving pray with me today lord jesus we just thank you god for just allowing us to be in your presence lord i pray you have already prepared the word god you have already established your presence god with the lifting up of voices god i pray that we've already established that worship before you god And i pray right now lord that our hearts would be examined that we would look inside of them god and allow ourselves to receive your word today god And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christmas is not just a time to celebrate the birth of Messiah, but it's a time to witness the goodness of God. Christmas allows us the opportunity to see the heart of God. Some people want to know, what is God really about? Do I need to go all the way back into the garden? I need to start there. No, you can take a good example starting in the gospel. You can start in Matthew 1, Luke 1, John 1, Mark 1. You can start there, and God really begins to display His heart from the very beginning. He explores His lineage, but then He begins to dive right into His heart. His heart is all about giving. His heart from the very beginning has been about giving Himself to establish us. Sin entered into the garden. It separated, and from that time, God was constantly on a journey for just the right time. Come on now. Just the right time to bring humanity back together with him. But just because he established it doesn't mean that it's ready for me because I need to receive it. Today, it's not just about giving, but it's about receiving. It's about understanding what the word was put forth for us. It's so we can see his true essence. We can see the true essence of creation, that creation was all about giving. What do you mean, Pastor? The trees, they take in carbon and they give out oxygen, carbon dioxide. They're givers. The grass, though it's there, it's a beautiful thing to look at instead of just dirt mud, is it not? The grass, the snow, when it comes on the ground, it's the beauty of the of the of the essence of everything that it is about. On the wall, the paints, the colors, everything, the light, everything that God has put before us—it was all about His nature and His essence of giving. His heart, His heart. Is there any givers in the room today? There is a difference between somebody that is a giver and somebody that is a taker. Can I get a witness? A giver will give until there is nothing left to give. Can I tell you that example is not just to you. That example is what God showed us and displayed to us on every Christmas that we celebrate, and specifically that first Christmas, because he gave of himself. There wasn't anything more to give. You said, well, he could have called down thunder and he could have called down lightning. He did all that, and then he spoke to it and he calmed it. God is so good when it comes to the giving department that for us to understand, we really need to be givers. And I don't mean of your money. I I realize when we when we talk about money, everybody wants to get in. I'm not trying to get into your wallet today. Please understand that that's not what it's about, because giving is an attitude. Giving is an expression. Giving is of small things. Do you know that you can make something for somebody and take it to their house and give it to them? That's giving. We we've lost that idea. We've we've lost. There are still special treasures that do that. You know that you can write a handwritten card and you can put a stamp on it and put that in. And that's giving something of somebody. Do you know at times that is more valuable than anything that you've got in your wallet? Because that's you. That's the giving that I'm talking about today. We're going to end with an offering at the end of service, but let me just preface this. I'll just ruin the offering right now. It's not about what's in the pan at the end. It's about the condition of the heart when it comes to the gift. You hear me this morning? But here's the thing. Christmas uh, season is such a it offers a wonderful opportunity to show our love and appreciation for others, but because of the materialism and stuff. Everybody says stuff. How many has stuff? I got you. Me, too. You just have you don't even know where it came from, but you just have stuff. Even 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 when we didn't have anything, I can remember times in my life where where I was going through seasons and and going through growing and and I moved out of my parents house and 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 I I didn't have anything. But when it came time to move, (laughs) I had stuff. I'm like, where did all this stuff come from. Nobody Nobody with me this morning. But if we're not careful stuff that comes with the celebration of Christmas, we often miss the heart of God and the Christmas, Christmas giving. Commercialism has, to a degree, corrupted the beauty of the Christmas giving. You know why? Because we walk in Walmart and Target and we just see the display and the machine Christmas is turned into, and, and what we do is we turn our nose up to it, and we say, well, that's just not for me, and that's not what the season is about. Can I tell you this morning, that is what it's about. It's not about the commercialization, but it is about the giving. It is about the position that the heart is in during this season. Because if we're not careful, we will be that guy that we don't want to be, that Ebenezer Scrooge. We will be that Grinch. We will be that individual. And, and man, I'm just going to tell you, it's really easy for us to put that bear suit on in the in the Christmas season. One, because it's cold, but two because we just turn into these things that we are not supposed to be because we have allowed materials and commercialization to ruin and corrupt the beauty of Christmas. Christmas is a time where we want to display and honor the gift-giving heart of Christ. It's been corrupted to the point where I read where I read a statistic this week that Christmas last year 25% of Americans are still paying for Christmas. Last year. 25% walk into this holiday still paying off the last holiday. That is not the essence of the giving that I'm talking about. That's why I'm trying to tell you before I even get there this morning get your head out of your wallet and just throw it off to the side because that's not the importance of the. Christmas giving. Christmas giving isn't about the two mites that might drop in. It's about the heart of the understanding that when it came time for God to present Himself to this world, He gave everything that He had. And as Christians, when we buck against this giving, we lose out on the heart of God. And you know what it becomes? It just becomes a job. We turn church into a job. It's just the way that I was raised, or it's just the thing that I've walked into. And we turn it into this this robot attitude that I'm just going to go through the motions, but I'm in the building, so that's the most important part. It's not, because the Pharisees knew the law, and yet they were the first ones to miss Him right in front of Him. I'm trying to tell you this morning that if we're not careful, we're going to miss the curve and the heart of Jesus, and get lost in the commercialization. It's why I preached what I did last week. If we don't make our hearts right, then we'll miss Christmas. We, Christmas Because Christmas giving has been corrupted doesn't mean we should just remove it and remove Christmas. Think of all the things man has corrupted. You can start at the top. You can move your way down the government. You can move your way into all different other things that man has corrupted. It doesn't mean we give up on them. No, what it means is we should fall to our knees the first opportunity we have. And we should repent. If, if Christmas has just come a begrudging holiday that you got to get through, find your way to an altar before this service. Or right now, in your heart, just say, Lord, forgive me. And He will forgive us of that. And He will allow us to move into the season that He has prepared. There is no better time of year than Christmas to freely demonstrate generosity. To freely demonstrate generosity. Pastor, you don't understand. You don't understand. My bank account only has so much. Again, you see where our minds immediately go? When it's about giving, they immediately go to what we don't have instead of to what we do have. God. God of all the universe, the God of all creation, could have just spoken a word and redeemed humanity, could have just could have just done, could have just brought anything into this situation and redeemed humanity, but he gave himself, hear me today. The giving that I'm talking about doesn't have to do with your bank account. It has to do with self. Because when the heart is right and the self is right, there is an understanding that everything that I am is because of Him. And if He has the ability, then why do I worry? Come on now. Why do I worry? There is no better time than in Christmas to generate, demonstrate generosity. Do you know why? Because everybody's facing the same thing. Everybody's broke and everybody knows who's broke and everybody talks to who's broke because we're all broke. Can I get an amen on that? But we're all blessed, are we not? We all have breath in our body. We all have vitality. We all have the ability to move. We all have stuff. And I don't mean just bad stuff. We got good things going on. I got the momentum of my hand. I've got a pen that I can write with. Generosity doesn't come from your SEFQ bank account. It comes from out of the heart. And when it comes out of the heart, it means so much more. And is so much more beautiful. You ever received something from somebody? A card maybe? You ever received somebody just coming to your door and bringing something to eat? There's just something special about it. It's That person took the time. They took the effort. I love Amazon. Please don't don't get me. I'm not even in my notes right now. I'm just going to go off on tangent. I'll get back there in a minute. I love Amazon. But how long does it take for me to just website, pick, click, deliver? It's convenient. Please don't get me wrong. It's convenient. I, I love it. But what is that, what's the specialness of it? Is the specialness because I bought it? Because I could tell you that if somebody just wrote a handwritten card and thought about some things in relation to the way that I was to them, it would mean so much more to me than just a delivery coming from a a machine in a system. You hear me this morning? And I think each and every one of us would be the same way. Now don't get me wrong, a card isn't going to express whatever the purchase price was on Amazon. But that's where I'm telling you that we've got so wrong in our giving, and our understanding of giving, because it's not about the, the, the dollar amount. It's not about that. It's about the heart. And if I'm a giver and my heart is in it, then the person that receives it's going to see my heart. It's going to see if I'm just giving out of obligation. I'm not going there today, but if you ever given out of obligation? It looks totally different. It looks totally different. Oh, you got me a gift. Oh, I got to get you a gift. That's not generosity. But generosity, when displayed this time of year, it's different. And you see it. You see somebody out there ringing those bells in that time that they're taking. You see somebody putting in effort to help somebody else. You see that generosity. And it speaks different. Because when you see it, what do you say? That's Christmas. Church, look at us. If the number of us would display that generosity, this community would be different. This world would be different. But as a church, we've missed Christmas so long that we thought it was in the bank account and what we can do. But it's not. It's about the heart. Jesus' birth was full of giving. Everyone who was involved in the Christmas story gave something. Mary gave. Luke one through 26-38, in the New Living Translation, says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. I know, I know you all know this story, but I need to remi- remind you that Mary was not just an unwilling vessel that partake in this. She gave herself to this story so that God could redeem humanity. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. That's why that first Christmas just wasn't a one and done. It was continual, continual. It's still why we celebrate it. You can debate the holiday. You can debate, debate the timing. But you can't debate the understanding of the kingdom. Because the kingdom was all about giving. The kingdom, the, 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 the scripture goes on in, in Luke 1, 34. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What more your relative Elizabeth will become pregnant in her old age? People used to say she was barren, but she is conceived of a son and now in the sixth month. For the Word of God will never fail. Come on, somebody, hear the Scripture this morning. You might have been walking on a path that you didn't know, but the Word of God is bringing you back to center today. He's preparing your heart, and He's getting everything ready. Mary went on to say this. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. The heart. Do you see it? The angel presented To her, fear gripped her. She didn't know what she was going to do. She was engaged to be married. This has never been heard of or done before. And the angel of the Lord is speaking to her. And yes, he uses great words like, you have found favor in God and and all of these great things. But yet she's standing there going, I don't know what to do. And all of it said and put forth before her. And all she said is, yes, Lord, I'll give unto you. All that I have, all that I have, because this is so much more important than what's in your bank account. It's the giving of the heart and the understanding. Mary surrendered her body to bear the savior of the world. Mary surrendered her life. She was engaged. She was engaged in the Eastern culture. That's not a good thing to become pregnant. While you're engaged with your husband's betrothed child or any other child. And here she was engaged. They would take her and if they found out, they would take her and they would take her out and make a a show of her in front of all of the, the community. And they would stone her for adultery. They would stone her. Mary knew this. Mary knew and understood the sacrifice that her giving was going to make and take upon her. But in the midst of it, the heart understood that no matter what come what may, I will serve the Lord. It's an establishment today, guys. It's an establishment, church, an understanding that when our heart is right, no matter come what may, I will serve the Lord. And it's a position and a statement that Mary gave all the way unto her death. She said, I will bear this child. I will be a part of this. Mary gave. So did Joseph. Joseph gave. Matthew 1, 18 through 24. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, While she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm just trying to read you some scriptures to understand the essence of the Christmas story this morning. Not to where we miss it, to where it's about the end and we'll get to the end. But not to where we miss it, to where there's just this baby and the angel making a sound. There was giving that was taking place. Time after time after time, there was giving. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. Can I get a clap of praise from anybody this morning? He will save the people from from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. Joseph gave of himself. His reputation was on the line. You don't understand. If you get engaged and the person you're engaged to becomes pregnant, there's going to be some questions. And in that time, there's going to be a lot of questions. They're going to bring you before a council of rabbis. They're going to sit you down. You know what? They might not even do that. They might just take you straight onto the street. But there's going to be a lot of people looking and going, Isn't that Mary? Whoa, she must be eating really good. No, she's pregnant. And Joseph's reputation, Joseph came from the lineage of the house of David. That's just not some family. To come from. You understand his reputation was on the line. If this were to be found out, it's why he respectfully put off the engagement. If you read the beginning of the story, it's why he respectfully did what he did. Joseph had a reputation of integrity. And Joseph put his reputation on the line. He gave of himself in a way, church, that I don't think we always understand when it comes to generosity at Christmas. When it comes to the understanding of what Joseph did and the reputation and all of this was going to be found out, it was going to ruin Joseph and it was going to kill Mary. And yet they still gave. Because they understood the importance of it. They understood the part that they were playing in the story. When the fullness of time had come. You're not sitting here today just as a bank account to check in and check out. You're sitting here today because there is a world that is dying and going to hell. Hear me. It's dying and it's going to hell. And unless the church stands up and is the church especially... In Christmas, with the generosity that God has blessed us with, how in the world will the world ever see it? How will they ever know that it's been corrupted? How will anybody ever know the true essence? Because the church has said, I've turned my back on it. But God has brought us here as a reminder to show us through the stories that there was giving over and over and over again. You may thank Mary and Joseph. That's easy. What about Caesar Augustus? Caesar Augustus, he gave. You know what he gave? He gave a decree. Pretty easy for him. No, it wasn't. It was at the fullness of time that God had orchestrated it. And he gave a decree so that Mary and Joseph would have to go back to Bethlehem to give birth to Jesus Where the Bible had prophesied years ago that, oh, you Bethlehem, out of you will come the mighty Savior. Jesus had orchestrated this and planned it. And Caesar Augustus gave the Roman Empire, called for a census. The census was to get money from people. But that's not what God's intention was. God's intention was to move Mary and Joseph where the Messiah was to be born. The innkeeper... In the stable, he gave. Well, he didn't have any room for the inn, Pastor. What he give? He gave the stable. He didn't have to give the stable. We get down on the innkeeper and we say, well, he should have made room for a pregnant woman. But he still gave what he had. Follow me. Every time of giving, it's what they had. It's what they had. The angel of the Lord gave the announcement. The angel of the Lord presented itself. And gave what it had. The proclamation of the Messiah. The, the, the shepherds gave their testimony. They gave their testimony to the people after they had saw Him. And God gave Himself. Born of a virgin. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. The baby Jesus. Savior and Redeemer. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas giving is all about. Person After person, event after event, giving is what Christmas is all about. I told you last week that we're going to dive into some giving in our community. We started in this building in March of this year, 2023. God has been so good to us. But you know what we haven't gotten into? We haven't gotten into giving in our community. We haven't really dove in into the understanding of what generosity in our community is is going to be about. So this Christmas, I don't want to make sure that we don't miss out on Christmas giving. Our job is not just to take up space in the town. Our job is to be a beacon and a light that people see and they come to. And in order to be that light, we need to be everything about Jesus Christ. Not just one thing or the other, but all things. This is the most wonderful and joyous time of year. And there is no better time to show it by helping others in need. So we're going to partner with the Baby Fold. Maybe some of you know it, maybe you don't. The Baby Fold has been operating for a long time. We've partnered with the Baby Fold at our other church. And through the Baby Fold, we're going to partner with Rebecca, who is an advocate at Fairview Elementary School. You say, why do we need to partner with the elementary school? Because over the holiday. Kids who get breakfast and lunch at school are going to go home. And you know what might not be there through the two weeks that they're off? Breakfast and lunch. Oh, come on. We are so blessed. How could that be? It is. It isn't about how can it be. It is. And so we can't help every house. But what we can do is we can make sure that 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 home of that child is going to be filled with food. We would give totes previously and we would fill the totes and we would take them. We're not doing that this year. We're going to trust Rebecca's going to take care of it and we're going to believe in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Because you're going to be hearing more about Fairview Elementary School. This isn't just a one and done thing. We don't give in generosity just to go... Look what we did. No, we give it continually. It's constantly a mindfulness of what it is all about. We're so surrounded by schools where we sit right here that if we can help at the elementary level, maybe by the time they get to where they're going, that God orchestrates more and more steps. Midwest Food Bank is a huge local food bank here in our community. It's right on the edge of normal over there. It's in our backyard I would love one day, next building, come on, somebody pray with me, next building. I would love one day that the next place we go has a space this large just for a food pantry. Just for a place to help. Yes, you can clap that. Because that's generosity. Well, it's not your food. You just got it from somewhere. You're darn right we got it from somewhere. And we brought it here to where they can come and get it. And we took the time and we put it, that's what generosity is about. That's the understanding of Christmas giving. That's the Christmas heart of God. Without Mary and Joseph and the innkeeper and Caesar Caesar and the angels and the shepherd and God's giving, what would we have? You know what we'd have? We'd have materialism, we'd have corruption. We'd have all the things that we see in the world right now that we don't like. And the only way to turn from it is to turn our hearts back towards God and allow that generosity to overflow. See, those are great things we're going to do in the community. But there are people under the sound of my voice right now and people who aren't here today and people that we have came in contact with through the year that we are going to extend we're going to extend generosity too. Oh, Pastor, they're just using you to get stuff. That's not generosity. Generosity says, You do it with what you will, I'll extend with what I have. Those no strings attached. Well, they need to come to church to get stuff. Where does it say that? Where did Jesus say, I'm going to come and save you, but make sure you receive it? He didn't. He said, No matter what choice you make, I'm going to make a way. That's giving. That's Christmas giving. The lesson Christmas giving teaches us is is about participation in the giving. I can sit here today begrudgingly. I can say because I'm the pastor, I didn't bring my check. I didn't bring my cash. I don't have anything to put out. I just brought a message. That's not participation. Participation is the fullness of what I have and the understanding of out of my heart. Out of my heart. I wish I had more to give. You ever thought that? I wish I had more to give. Don't let the I wish I had more be what stops you from giving now. Because when you give now, the generosity spreads to when you have more. Hear my heart today. Hear my heart and understand this Christmas giving is what Christmas is all about. And if we don't grab it on the 10th, we're going to miss it on the 24th and the 25th. We're going to be sitting there with our arms folded and a scowl across our face and think if I just had more, this would be so much of a better Christmas. But it's not about that. It's about the heart. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave. Stand with me this morning. For those of you that this is your first time, I promise I don't always teach about giving. (laughs) But for those of you that were here last week, I asked you to go home and pray for God to put something on your heart that you could give. I'm going to have the usher bring the pans and he's going to put them on each side. I told you from the beginning, it's not about the amount that goes in, it's about the station of the heart and if you're here today and you don't have anything to give that's okay because there is something that you can give and so we've got paper and we've got pens up here and if there's something that you can give I wonder if you could write it down fold it up and you could put it in that offering nobody's gonna look at these but me so whatever it is that you have church whatever it is that you have that's what God sent me here to talk to us about this morning, to preach to us about this morning because it's out of the generosity of the heart that makes a way as a church. As a church, we are going to participate. We are not going to allow greed and spite and worldliness of materials corrupt Christmas because if we do, we'll miss the miracle. We'll miss the miracle of the virgin giving birth to God wrapped in flesh and understand that that Savior and that Messiah that was born in a manger in a stable is the beauty for everything that we have right now. So I wonder as they pray, I wonder right there in your seat, I wonder if we could just begin to pray to the Lord and have Him examine our hearts right where we're at. Come on, can we do that for just a little while this morning? Come on, let's go before the Lord in prayer today and ask Him, God, what is it that I have that I can give today? Lord, help me be a part of this Christmas season and not miss out. Come on in your own way pray right where you're at in your seats today. wonder while you pray today and while God places something on your heart, once he's placed that on your heart, if you would just step forward and if, if you need, just step forward and either grab a paper or just put whatever you have in the offering plate and, and if you've already given, come on, let's just sing this song, let's just, let's just end this service by glorifying God. I'm not going to labor the point, I just want to just want to come and put what God was on my heart to the church today and for us to be ready to receive the joy and the love and the peace that he has for us this Christmas season. So if he's put something on your heart, go ahead and bring that forward. for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook Facebook by searching the church. Direct links can be found in the show notes